Hi, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of In the Database with Nana. Today is a special day because I have my first guest in the pod with me, and I'll let her introduce herself. She's extraordinary. If you don't know her, she's a great writer and analyst for the Mercury, and her work speaks for itself. Um, Janelle, do you want to introduce yourself and just what you do and your background? Hi, I'm Janelle, and I write analysis of, about the Warriors for the San Jose Mercury. And you can find my work in other places as well. I, my work has been featured in basketballnews.com. I also write a little bit of football for um, Carolina Blitz. And that's about it for me. Thank well, you for having me. Thank you for joining me. Um, I just want to know, like, how did you get into sports? And like, what, where did the love come? Was it from a young age um, when you got, became an adult? When did it start? It started with me when I was four, right? My grandma bought me my first basketball. It was a Brown Kent basketball. And my dad used to play basketball. My aunts did also. And it just got passed down to me, I guess. And, you know, I grew up playing basketball. I played um, AAU ball, played in high school. And um, I got into sports writing, you know, it's organically. I was a sports editor in, in college. I, I'm a grad of North Carolina a and And um, my three years at the campus newspaper, I was a sports editor. And right around the time I graduated, I, I thought that maybe I could get into the game well, media without sports. And that was a mistake of mine. Sports is my niche. Sports is a fit for me. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm new to this um, sports game. My background, especially in college and stuff, was in psychology and mental health. I do have my own clinic and I got my master's and I'm working on my PhD, which will be next year. And yeah, I, mental health has always been my big thing, but I love sports. I've always loved sports. I consider myself like somebody who, like, I don't have anxiety, but with sports, I do. And it's the only time it shows up. And I just love the game. And I talk about it so much that people have started to reach out to me and said, why don't you do podcasts? Why don't you actually get into it? And I'm still trying to figure out the kinks of it. And I'm new to this game. Oh, why are you anxious, though? For I'm talking about like with games, not with the covering. So like, I mean, with the game. Yeah, with the games itself. So like, I'm a huge Warrior fan, and like watching their games. Like I love watching the games, and like I watch it every single game, including preseason and stuff. But like, I don't, I don't really know what. Like, I don't get test anxiety. I don't get like any type of anxiety of jobs and stuff like that. Interviews, all that stuff is just like normal to me. But for some weird reason with the with sports and like the edge and like everything is just like I'm geared up like I'm on the edge of my seat and like it's always the best feeling right after the game and like it totally goes away after the game even if we lose I like to go back in and like start analyzing to figure out what went wrong what plays weren't being run what could be better so that's why I truly wanted to get into the reporting part of um, the sports because that part got me really interested. Okay. And with today's podcast, I just wanted to give you uh, three topics that I kind of want to talk about. Um, 
want to go over your views and what you think about them. One is the Jordan Poole, Draymond Green situation. The second one is the contract situation in Golden State. Um, did you think like, did management get right? Did they do it in the correct order? What are your thoughts? And like, what do you think the future plans for Golden State is? And third, like, what are you looking forward to this season? And as well as your reaction to winning the championship, um, Golden State winning the championship this season, how, how much that meant to you or meant to the team. Uh, going back to the first one with the Jordan Poole, Draymond situation, I have been very vocal about it um, on Twitter. And a, a lot of that for me hasn't, like, one thing is very clear. I'm very critical of Draymond Green, sometimes to a very unfair point, unfair level. And I acknowledge that as a person who sometimes comes off as a hater. But with him, like, never have I questioned his skill on the court and what he means to the team and how important he is. Um, it's just got to the point now where I look at the things he does off the court and how that affects his game and how that affects the team and the fans watching it. And is his talent worth, is his, like ignoring his behavior worth his talent at this point? And so just give me your overview on this Jordan Poole situation. What did you think? What was your thought? pre-video and after video. It's a whole lot to unpack with this situation because at first without even seeing the video, I was thinking uh, it was probably in the heat of the moment. They were probably scrimmaging and it was probably a hard foul or whatever, whatever, you know, what's the big deal? And then more stuff started to come out. And even before I saw the tape and, you know, even when more stuff started to come out, I'm like, uh, it's a common occurrence. Teammates fight all the time. Teammates talk trash to each other all the time. They are around each other more than family. They, in, in a sense, they are family, you know, and, and sometimes brothers fight. And I didn't really think much of it until, but when that video hit, mm -hmm. that changed everything. And I'm like, okay, because the, from the video, it looked like it was premeditated. Mm -hmm. And there was no audio. Nobody was turning around. Yeah. And the only people that really stopped it was Ron Adams and Wiggins. Yeah. And even after I saw the video, I'm like, is, is this about the contract situation? They denied it was about the contract situation. But when there's a lot of money, there's problems. And there's when there's a lot of people and with all of that money and y'all fighting for that money, there is going to be conflict. And for what I'm thinking, from my perspective, I'm, I'm looking at it. I try to look at it in all angles from Draymond's perspective. And I hate to sound like I'm speaking for him or advocating, but it seems like he thinks that he's been unappreciated. And felt like that for a long time. He ain't. He didn't really have any problem with Steph and Clay getting their money, or not even KD, because because Draymond is self aware enough to know, I guess, the pecking order in terms of you know guys with the skill or what have you. But I think the straw, that, the last straw with him was you know this young kid. He's making more than I ever did, and I. And 
just as important as Steph is in terms of my defense and in terms of my facilitating. And he felt and he feels like he's not getting the proper appreciation that he feels like he deserves. That's why his punch was so vitriolic. That that's that's what I'm thinking about it. I looked at it when I but also I, I'm sorry, but also he is he has to realize all Maxes ain't the same. He's not gonna get the Steph Max. He's not gonna get the Clay Max. Y you know, he'll he'll get whatever is due him, but it's not what he wants. And he's you know he, he just had to accept that he didn't have to take that out on Jordan. And um, you know, I guess from Jordan's perspective. You know, he, he's a young guy. He's, he got it out the mud just like Draymond did. And he has worked and worked. He, he has worked himself from the, the G League and from the verge of being even out the league to where he is now. And he came in the league being boisterous and talking trash and getting under people's skin. Remember, Dame didn't even like um, Jordan getting up under his skin. That I think that was on an episode of Draymond's show. So from his perspective, he nothing has changed as far as his attitude goes. He's been talking trash to everybody. And I and I, I guess with with Draymond, you know, he just had it. He just had it. And it's not really with the trash talking, because you know, if he can't handle trash talk as much as he dishes out, you know, that's not it. That, and that's on him. But it's it's beyond the trash talk. It's that money. And he, he just feel like he he don't get the proper appreciation. And that what fuels what he does on the outside, off the court also. And as far as the his skill, I mean, he his offensive numbers have taken a decline. That is either out of being complacent or, you know, just having, you know, really having to do it because you know, there was Steph, there's there was KD for a time, Clay. But his defense is still is still viable. It's still the glue, it's still important. And love it or hate it, he's still the best defender on the team. And that was evident during that preseason game with the with the Lakers. You know, those young kids, even though, you know, they, they're trying to give them the minutes and all, they're still not ready yet. And, you know, that's the conundrum that the Warriors in it. I mean, I know that this should be the limit. This should be to where they put the foot down. But Draymond is still viable on the defensive end. And that's why they still keep enabling him and, and making conditions for him. But if it wasn't for that, they, they would have really punished him. I think if it wasn't ring night and the yeah. championship, he would have been suspended. I think that's the main reason why he didn't get suspended. But my thing is, I I want to say I don't think contract had anything to do with the field. It could do with it, like, building up prior to that event happening. But if you watch the body language of everybody in that gym, like, whatever that was being said between the two players – was just another day in the gym kind of activity. Yeah, and they weren't paying any attention. Yeah, they didn't give it any attention. And like Steph is facing the opposite direction 
still working on the drill. Like nobody's moving. Nobody's like thinking that it's going to cross the line. Even when he comes up, the coach just walks up with him because he, he I think, senses the body language change. But as you can see, the rest of the team is not paying attention to Draymond's body language. They're just listening to him talk. And they're like, that's just Draymond, you know? It's just another day in practice. And then when he goes up into his personal space, I believe Jordan had a right to get him off of his personal, personal right. space. What I expected Draymond to do is probably tussle back and forth like a regular um, situation or maybe step away. But a Superman punch is like the last thing I expected for either for both him, like the decision making in Draymond. Sometimes I question it simply because as a leader of this team, there's that what happened in that situation probably was the best case scenario came out for him. Two things could have happened. He could have hurt his hand. He didn't he didn't thinking in his mind that if he let's say Jordan had the instincts to move and he would have hit the pole or something. Or if he went if he went down with him and hit the ground, that takes Draymond out for months. Like you can't have a broken knuckle, a broken hand. Like at the same time, what if Jordan got hurt and had a broken jaw? And it's so like Bobby Bobby Portis example last season punched a teammate and broke his jaw, got him suspended. So there's two things that could have literally turned that event like way worse than it is in that situation or even somebody else could have gotten hurt like behind Jordan like an ankle could have been ruled Jordan could have landed on somebody and in those moments I questioned Draymond because I'm like you are at an age where you cannot compromise your health for something so like minimal you cannot compromise your leadership and you cannot compromise who you are as a player and with Golden State like Jordan doesn't control who, like how much money he gets is the market where it's set at. Like we look at Tyler Hero got his money. We already knew that we had to pay Jordan more than that. Like if Tyler Hero were to sign a hundred million dollar, like the market is set a certain way by players in the free agency. There would have been plenty of NBA teams who outbid us if we didn't give him the max. We had his birds, right? But we wanted to get the best possible contract out to Jordan as a young star. Also, this gives him confidence. This doesn't also mean that Draymond would not get another contract. Like, but he right. did make it harder for himself. Now you gave the front office a leverage. Oh, now you got to play for a contract. Now you got to play it out and see if you can be mature. Now do we, we can see where you are set and what other teams offer you in the, in the, in the off season. Like he didn't have to put himself in that situation. If he wanted to make his contract a priority and he was responsible, I feel like Draymond had that kind of power, but with like we'll get into contracts in a bit but with that situation like some like a lot of times even in the NBA final I don't know if you watched uh you watched it you definitely watched it in the finals there were so many times where I questioned his leadership and his mindset where he was compromising himself for no reason and same with the Memphis series like you cannot put yourself in a position to get suspended you cannot put yourself in a position to be benched in the NBA finals. Well, like these affect contract talks later on. These, these are things they looked at. They looked at it and said, we got by fine in the finals with you playing atrocious. And that is something they can look at and say against a great defense, Draymond. And in his mind, like he gets into his mind sometimes more than anybody else. 
Like nobody gets to Draymond more than Draymond gets to himself. He is his own worst enemy. So when he gets out of his own way, because we know, and we've seen it, we're, we're not blind. We've seen Draymond at his best. We've seen what he does for his team. I always tell people this in 2016, had we won the NBA finals, he's the finals MVP. He would have been the finals MVP in 2016. And, and that's if he didn't commit that technical foul, knowing that you're one technical away from a suspension. You can't do stuff like that. And stuff like that, like time again, we, we keep apologizing and he's talking about, he's giving up, you know, all these things like hurt people, hurt people. I'll, I got to change. I got to do better. We don't want to hear words. I mean, he, there's something he said in that press conference. He said act, his actions will speak for him. And I love that because he didn't say that prior. He would always use the word because I feel like Draymond is really good when it comes to the media and how he says things. He's very media trained. But now, like, it comes down to can he go a clean season? Can he change? Can he gain the trust of the team? And I think with Golden State, like, you're coming off of a championship year. Why would you want to make the story about anything outside of your championship? You can't put your team in that position. Like, let them talk about you as a champion. When you win championships, that's when you get contracts, when you get money, when you get resigned, you get extended. But now for having conversations about you as a person, you breaking locker rooms, because what Draymond did didn't just hurt him in the Golden State locker room. It hurt him all over the NBA. You saw how the NBA players reacted to that. They all came out and said, that's not normal. We've seen tussles, but that's not normal. Nobody does that. Like everybody had their own opinion. And like now the trust of every locker room is looking at you like, do we want him in our locker room? He is a great leader, but to what extent? We have a lot of hotheads in our team. Would Draymond work on other teams who don't have players who aren't as hotheaded? Because if you think about Golden State, I mean, Jordan's probably the only one that's really hotheaded on that team with Draymond. But like all the other locker rooms, like, oh my God, like Draymond, like there's going to be people challenging you. And it's crazy that you said that because Draymond actually loved that about Jordan Poole. He loved that fire about Jordan Poole. He loved that Jordan Poole doesn't back down, that he talks crap, and he's that guy. So if you can't get mad at him for loving the stuff that you want him to do. You, if you knew, like, early in Jordan's career when he was going to the G like Draymond loved him for being that guy who talks smack. And that's why he put his locker next to him. You can hear the story when Draymond talks about him. He's like, that's one of the things I loved about him. He's the guy who can express himself. And if you do love that about him, then you cannot like get mad or punish it. Like you condition, you got to take it. And that's how we look at it. And for your point on contract extension, I feel like if he, I don't think Draymond, I, I want Draymond to pick up the option. I mean, most people like was like, why would you say that? But I'm all for players getting their money. I'm all for players. Like I would never like, count a player out whenever you have an opportunity for generational wealth take it um he's not going to see the north of 27 million in any contract again so if you're going to pick up your option pick up your option but that comes down to next season like what kind of sacrifice do you want to give do you want to give the hometown discount like Andrew Wiggins or are you looking for like bidders all over the NBA going through the free agency. I mean, there's going to be a team that's more desperate for Dream on this possibilities, you know, that said we're just one piece away from championship. And I think Draymond is that piece. There are teams. So it's going to be up to Draymond and where his headspace is. I have a doubt in him surviving in a different system outside of Golden State, simply because not many system will let him play the one and the five. 
allow him those little the positions I believe Draymond defensively he could do anything he can guard all five positions and I think he'll be fine in any team defensively but offensively Golden State is probably the few team that allows him to play the five and the one where he can thrive other teams majority of the NBA teams I believe will put him at the four and because he is a four and Draymond isn't like if you ask what Draymond's best skill offensively it's the five and the one where he's either handling the ball or he's punishing bigs and that's that's in between. So that's what that's what I would say. So in the contract discussion, do you think that he picks up this option or do you think that he probably won't even have a choice but to pick up the option due to that tape, uh, due to that uh, clip and due to the fact that. Like you said, it, you know, him driving in another system without the offensive skill set. And to be honest, the NBA right is an offensive driven league. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be tough. So he, he, he might have backed himself in the corner with that one. Mm-hmm. Several times. And, and he's got to, he's got to swallow that now, but you know, we are like, people are like, we are prisoners of the moment too. So if Draymond understands that aspect too, it would be important for him by that. I mean, today we're talking about the punch, but if he goes on and has one of those seasons where he's Draymond, it's a different conversation at the end of that season. If he goes on and like performs and all stars and he's become something else, we but have see, even before the punch, even before that punch, he knew that he would have to perform mm-hmm. and knew that he would be playing for his contract regardless. Yeah. He knew what the pecking order was in terms of priority. He knew that Jordan was their top priority, then Wiggins, then him and Clay. I mean, Draymond isn't stupid, mm-hmm. you know? So, he knew this coming in. Yeah. So if, for him to punch Jordan was baffling. And what made it so egregious is that Draymond is supposed to be his vet, supposed to be his OG, right? And you, you don't you don't do that. You don't punch, you don't punch your your people. Yeah. You you know, mm-hmm. you, you might you might. You might check them a bit, but you don't just up and just Superman punch them like that or, or something behind that. Yeah. I got to trust that if we're getting an argument, you're in my face. I got to trust that you're not going to punch me. Right. As a teammate. That's very least. Because you, I don't think Jim would have done that to anybody. Even like. No, he wouldn't have done it to Wiggins. He wouldn't have done it to Wiggins. He wouldn't have done it to anybody. He wouldn't have done it to anybody. He sure wouldn't have uh, done it to Steph. Oh, no. I don't even think so, Jim. Draymond, Draymond kn- knew who he could try. He hmm. didn't try Wiggins. Yeah. But and he he's very, yeah. And he's very risky on who he tries because he always got to pick on the player that's in a contract year for Golden State. Like that. And it, and it, it, it reiterates the point that I had. He feels like he's not getting what he deserves and he wants his money. That's why he is strategic and who he messed with. But when he messed with KD, it was Kevin Durant. Like, right. he was like Draymond was getting paid regardless, which is why I don't really see. I see where you're coming from on the contract, and I understand like it probably drives him and he doesn't know it. But with Kevin Durant's situation too, I'm like, 
you cannot go and say that. Like, there's one thing for the media to say it. It's one thing for fans to say it. But it's another thing if your own teammates are saying, we don't need you. You're just a luxury on this team. We won without you, and we're going to do it again. Like, for I believe, like, I don't care what anybody says to me, that drove KD out of Golden State. There is nothing else that you can say to me that just, that changes everything. Because now he's like, I got to build my legacy in my own name. And because you're calling those titles fake. If, if my own teammate is saying that, then it then, then it's confirmed. And it's different. I mean, he's got to understand, bro. He's on a contract here. We're trying to get this guy. Generational players do not come through the door in and out. You can't be selfish and just go ahead and say the things that you want to say because you're mad. You got to be able to control your impulse. It's like when you talk about children, two to five, you know, when they're mad, they cry, they throw, throw things, they throw tantrums because they don't know better. They don't know how to express themselves, but you do, Draymond. You're an adult. And so in these situations, like, you got to know better and do better. And I guess the contract situation we'll find out through the season. But moving forward before we wrap up, I just want to get your takes on this season. What are you looking forward to? How was last season for you? How did you feel about the championship? And, yeah, just give me give me what, you, what are you hoping for and what are you concerned about this season? Well, where do I start? I, I, well, last season was great. Obviously, you know, winning the championship, it was, it was amazing because they they have proven those experts wrong, and they they came together at the right time and fought injuries upon injuries. Because remember when um. Clay was out for most of the year. And when Clay came back, Dre went down with his back. And uh when Dre when Dre came back, Steph, Steph um had that injury when Marcus uh, Smart yeah. landed on his foot. And they they came together at the right time and they showed that they, they had that experience, that confidence, and knowing that nobody in the West could touch him. Not even not even a little bit. And I and and it was just, I was just so happy to see Steph get his Finals MVP. But what really ticked me off was that even though he they said he got what they said what what they said that he couldn't get or what was missing, and they still found ways to uh, criticize him and to uh, bash him, and that and that's what really that's what really put a kind of damper on it. Um, and as far as what I'm looking for this season, they're still trying to mesh generations. And I'm hoping that Kaminga and Wiseman and the like will take a leap. I like what I've seen from Wiseman in the uh, uh, preseason. You know, he's really working. But the leap that they need to take, all of them, I like to see it on the defensive end. Yes. Because um, if they're confident, you know, in letting Draymond test the market and he ends up on another team, these guys have to step up and defend. They, will they be like Draymond? No, but they can't they can't meander either. Um and that's what I'm looking for. And, and what I'm also looking forward to is how Clay responds in a full year of um, yeah. rehab. 
when he returned, I looked at his return like another stage of rehab. Yeah. I knew he wasn't really going to be the same, and it was going to be a process. Now he has a full offseason underneath him. Now we see what Clay really is going um, from this point on. You know, how's his natural movement on defense? How do you see Phil playing a little bit of forward? And he has played a little bit of forward last year. Yeah. Like, the, you know, see that dynamic? Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with you. Defense, the defense, I want to see the Kaminga next step. Um, Wiseman, like his hands for sure on offense, like he's able to like, like those are always concerns, hold the ball and like able to post up, do that center, th like typical center thing. Can you run the pick and roll? Can we get that? Can get actual lob threat in Golden State, like for the first time, probably in the Steph Curry era, like last time. I mean, JaVale McGee was ever, the last one. Ever. I, yeah. don't I think JaVale McGee for a little bit was there. For a little bit. Yeah. But like, can we get that? Because that's very, like, that's people don't understand how huge that would be for Golden State, the space in that floor. And I'm excited for Clay, for sure. I feel like he's going to be way better defensively and offensively this year. Um, Steph is going to Steph, but um, one thing I am really concerned about is like, it's part of the game, I understand it, but injuries are health. Like, I hate things that you can't control, and those are the things you can't control. As teammates and the core ages, this is what you have to worry about now. Obviously, Golden State is not going to play them a lot as many games as you as we think they're definitely not going to be playing back-to-backs and like because age is a factor now and conditioning is a factor now and they're probably just they they probably don't care they're at the point in their career where they're a dynasty that's so powerful and they're a, a great of a team and last year they proved it that they don't really care if they have home field I mean home court advantage in the playoffs so long as they're like in the top four rankings they're good. They like their chances. So they'll keep the rest and rest their players as much as they can and steal rest games and try to get into the playoffs. And they know, like, once they get in the playoffs, they always win an away game, anyways. And they'll protect their home court. And I believe that is what Golden State is looking forward to. I agree. And plus, you know, the field, I mean, the West is tough anyway, but. How tough are they really when you think about it? Mm. You know, Phoenix have struggled during the post uh, preseason. There's still questions about them. You know, Portland, they got Dame back, but is that enough? Is Minnesota really ready to take that leap? New Orleans, are they really ready? Um, the Clippers, how are they going to be utilizing um, Kawhi? How much load management is he doing? How would how would they mesh with John Wall and and, and all of these things? And as far as Dallas go, um, Luka lost weight. Well, that's what he was supposed to do. Yeah. But is it is his game really going to change? I mean, did, do did he do he really have help? Mm -hmm. They really need a point guard, but that's another discussion for another day. So, you know, I see no reason why the Warriors. Can't repeat. No reason. I can't see it. No reason why they can't come out of the West. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. 100%. That, that continuity, th these kids should be getting better. Mm -hmm. And what people have to realize is that, you know, I know that 
you know, concocting super teams and, you know, free agency has um, kind of misled people because, you know, the what I like to call the process of progression, rookies are going to screw up. Mm -hmm. They're going to fail. That's what they do. I, I sound like Coach Kerr, but, but that's really what it looks like. It's yeah. just depend it they it just depends on how much they learn from it, how much they absorb, how much they pay attention to Steph or Clay, even if they don't want to um, rock with Draymond anymore. Yeah, that, that's another dynamic. Um, you know, if they're willing to pay attention to Steph, Clay, Andre, you know, and learn from them, how much they were willing to absorb from the coach. And then go out there with their with the minutes that they have gotten and yeah. apply what they learn. That's the process of progression. Absolutely. And and that's what it looks like. And you know, fans will probably uh be irate and you know, just you know, come down on them with every you know little mistake, but they have to chill with that because that's what it looked like. You know, that's the learning process. Yeah. Yeah, and we will find that out tomorrow because the NBA does start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited. Can't wait to watch Ring Night. And I want to thank you so much for joining me and talking with me today. Really appreciate your, you taking the time. And I will put your information on the pod for people to check out your stuff. And feel free to text me or DM me any more information that you want me to put it on and I'll have it uploaded tonight. So thank you again. Um, do you have any closing words, last words you want to say? Well, I, I'd like to thank you for having me and just, I'm honored to be your first guest and, you know, just check me out wherever basketball is discussed. It may be with the Merck. It may be with basketball news, you know, whatever, wherever, Y'all going to get this content. And, and yeah. that's just the bottom line. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Janelle. You're welcome. And I'm Edna signing out from in the database. You uh, That's the conclusion of episode four. Thank you, Janelle, again. I appreciate you. Have a nice night. All right. My pleasure. See you tomorrow at ring night. Yeah.